do not think that because one day doesn't go well, the following day cannot be special. You know, like it, it's up to you. Hi everyone, my name is Matus and you're listening to the second episode of Swim Venue podcast. With vision to inspire, educate, entertain and motivate swimmers wherever you are. I'm excited to introduce you to my today's guest, amazing person and head coach of Azura Florida Aquatics Club, leading swimmers from all around the world with love, passion and hard work, Gianluca Alberani. Hi Gianluca, welcome to the podcast. It is a pleasure to have you on today. So let's start with quick introduction. Please tell our listeners a bit about yourself, where are you from, and how did you even get to the sport of swimming? Hi, uh, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, again, my name is Gianluca Alberani. I'm originally from Italy, but I moved to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, USA uh, in 2009. So more than 10 years ago. Um, I started swimming when I was probably three years old and somehow that's when actually we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't see this way normally but that's why I maybe realized already that my coaching career was already started you know because probably when, when you're a kid you have dreams of being an athlete you have dreams about uh you know going to the olympics and represent your country and all these kind of things but maybe uh, it was just meant to be that my life was uh, connected to swimming and that's when you know my my mom put me to swim when i was a little kid so i i had a decent career in my opinion as an athlete uh mm-hmm. i never represented my country internationally but i won a few medals at the junior level uh national level and did some finals at the open level uh but i had the luck to you know be coached by what i believe one of the best coaches some of the best coaches in in, in italy so then they helped me a lot also to develop my skills as a coach once i decided to actually jump on the other side of the pool you know from the water to the the pool deck and um yes i basically i i discover uh, the american uh, sport world uh, back in 2004 uh, when i came to here to fort lauderdale to to have an experience of few weeks like probably six or eight weeks, I don't remember exactly, uh, as a swimmer. And, you know, I, I always like to say that I felt in love not only with the palm trees and, you know, uh, good-looking women here in South Florida, but I actually felt in love with the, with the sport mentality that, that I saw in the U.S. And that's what made me somehow think that that's where I wanted to end up, you know, like... Uh, the, the mentality here in, in the U.S. is, I believe, is second to, to nobody in terms of they, they make you understand that swimming, that is such an individual sport, actually become a team sport. And, you know, at any, at any level, like, you know, not only at the club level, not only at the national team level, but like, you know, 
high school level, university level, any any level really, that you can feel that the swimmers are dying for the team they represent. Like the the eye goes on the side, you know, the the we is the one that count the most. You know, like it's not about me, but it's about the team, the group I represent. So that's something that made me really felt in love, fall in love with with uh, with this reality. So and I came back a few years later to, you know, be counselor in in summer camps here in in the, in the Florida area. And finally, uh, I moved. I decided to make to do the big step, the big jump in at the end of like October two thousand nine. Uh, where I again I received an offer to to work from my former team Devin Adores, and I decided to move from Italy to to start my new journey here in the U.S. So October 2009 I moved, and I I kept dreaming. I again I I believe I was so passionate and so in love of of what I was doing, and actually I'm still in, and I think this is somehow a key for, you know, continuing doing what you do with love and passion. And I've been met so many people, and that's probably, I always like to say that swimming gave me, the biggest gift that swimming gave me is this one here, you know, to, to make friends and meet people from all over the world. So they share my same passion. I think this goes even beyond the fact of, you know, again, going to the Olympics uh, or winning medals or be the champion or whatever, you know, that's... That's something that I think swimming gave me, and, and, and really, it's it's a it's an added value. Then uh, the team I was working for, David Adores, uh, closed, and in September 2013, I decided to open my own team, Azura Florida Aquatics. That somehow the name uh, recall my roots of Italian, you know, because Azura with two Z and two R is like light blue in Italian. So uh, I didn't even decide the name. That's interesting. Maybe many people don't know, but like uh, our graphic person was just the father of one of our swimmer, gave me a few options of names and he put Azura as one. And even the last team I was swimming for and coaching uh, in Italy was Azzurra in Italian. And so I said, this is, you know, it's meant to be. So I decided like, let's put the name Azura and, and it has a lot of meaning. So. You know, 2013, and again, now we are in 2020. I'm lucky enough to say that in the last six years and a half, we received swimmers and coaches that came and trained and visited uh, from 76 countries, uh, from any like of any different levels. We, of course, the biggest result we we qualified two swimmers to the Olympic Games in Rio 2016. We were about to qualify in between six and ten athletes to the to the Olympic Games in Tokyo, 2021 looks like now. Uh, and again, we I think we changed it the and we we had an we had an impact in many people's life. That's what I always like to say. So it's not really about the medals and the, the big the big results, but it's about the the why we do this. So basically, that's what it is. You know, now now we're here like everybody else in in this situation for the past, I believe, eight weeks, seven weeks. I even lost the count, but you know. Uh, we we try to continue with passion and, and and love to to keep all our athletes and coaches active and engaged. That's that's the main goal we have right now. Because you know, uh, again, 
I don't want to look like too, you know, philosophic, but I've been, you know, making a big work, uh, personal work somehow that, you know, is my, my work. So I just, I don't need to, you know, I want to share, but without telling somebody else what to do. And what I realize is like, you know, we always focus a lot about the future. And right now the future is not really something that we can have control. It's something that we don't, we don't really have. We don't know what's what's that. We can guess, okay, but we don't know. So in these days, I've been, I've been seeing like everybody else, you know, go back to look into the past, and I've been reflecting that, you know, happiness is brought. At the beginning, I was thinking happiness is brought by, you know, is uh, is brought by positive memories, and I believe in that one, yes. But then I started realizing that also happiness is imagining a. A, a better future, but also still not satisfy me. So somehow I'm working on the fact that probably the happiness is to focus on and managing the now, and probably that's the the hardest thing. Yeah, hard situations always remind me of saying that it doesn't matter what happens to you. What matters is what are you going to do about it. And I believe that it's 100% accurate for today's situation. So let's get back to 2004. What was the story behind your first U.S. visit? Well, uh, and was it the defining moment for you to realize that this is something I want to do in the future? Yeah, for sure. Yes, I mean, I didn't even know. Like you know, it, it's it's interesting because in reality, again, it's 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 all about personal. But you know, in reality. I only knew about USA from, you know, TV shows or, or series or whatever, or music, <laughs> etc. And, but, you know, I had like a, a little personal uh, down moment, you know, like uh, first, uh, first big love, you know, first girlfriend, we, after five years, we broke up. So I was a little lost and, uh, and I said, you know, I need to, I need to, 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 to try to find a way to continue because I was seeing that I, I was not. And, you know, I didn't want to swim, I didn't want to study and all this kind of thing. So I saw that the Italian national team was uh, basically coming every year to, to train, to do training camps here in Fort Lauderdale. So I just, like, you know, I always, the, the comparison, you know, like I wrote a message in a bottle and just threw it in the ocean. I sent, yeah. an, I sent an email. And, you know, even without imagining that they were going to reply to me and they replied and, and I said, you know, I'm a swimmer from Italy, you know, with these times, etc. I would like to make an experience. And they reply and, and they say, yes, absolutely. This is what you have to do. This is how much it costs, etc., etc. Uh, you know, my, my mom was not able to, to actually afford all the cost of the trip, etc. So my, my aunt actually helped my mom. and. and And she, she somehow she financed this this first trip I did to come here. Somehow, was the training different from uh, Italy? I mean, the training itself, absolutely yes, was different. But like I always like to say, I do not think that somehow the training itself in the U.S. is the the, the one that make the difference in being better or worse. It's just again the mentality. It's about the, mm -hmm. the fact how you make swimming, again, becoming something 
enjoyable, something that you see the coach is really there to to take out the best out of you, your teammates not being your rivals. And somehow many times we, again, as I said, it's so individual that we we even make our own competition with our own teammates. And, and what mm-hmm. I felt in it, in a say, sorry, no, it was absolutely the opposite. Like, you know, even if, you know, I had swimmers coming from all over the places, you know, we were all friends, we were all cheering each other, we were all be, you know, be happy to see that our teammates were succeeding, you know, and when I was a kid, maybe it was, was different, you know, like we were always wanted to be the best things, even inside the team. So again, I, training wise, I, I don't really think that's the key that, you know, at the end of the day, the strokes are four, the training zones are six, seven, depending on the countries, but, you know, turns are turns. Starts are starts, underwaters are underwaters, drills are drills, you can have better drills or worse drills or more imagination. But in the, at the end, again, it's, the, it's all about the mentality. It's all about uh, why you do swimming. That's, and I saw that in the USA, I felt it, at least me, this is a personal, a personal feeling that it, it's diff- that's the different one. You know, like you do it because you, you have the passion for it. You know, and again, uh, it's it's a fun story. Here it was like a few years ago when I started, you know, my own team. So being responsible somehow for the, the preparation, the full preparation of the swimmers. So it was a final at states, uh, high school states, because I also coach high school. And I remember that you know one colleague, way more expert than me here in a local team. Uh, we went to the final states. Was the hundred breast. So I had you know hundred breast was. I had a kid from Mexico, uh, he had a kid from the Bahamas, and then there was a kid from USA, from uh, North, you know, from uh, from North Florida, and 100 breasts. So it was in between, somehow I knew there was in be- the, se- the first place was already taken by the American kid. So I went to the coach of the Bahamas kid and I said, so who's gonna get second? Your kid or my kid? And uh, he, you know, the, he immediately told me the the F word. Now he told me F you. Uh, I'm not here. I'm not here to you know, to come second. What are you talking about? Uh, you know, I'm not gonna tell my swimmer that I'm here to fight for second place. And right now over there, Mia, uh-huh. he he opened my eyes because again, yes, maybe again because I come from maybe a Latin a Latin mentality. I don't know. We always kind of limit ourselves, and that's why somehow Americans yeah. are better in this term because they never go you know to finish second they go to win then but at the same time they know how to lose and that's something else i always like to say Mm -hmm. you know uh, i come from a reality and many of us come from realities where lose losing is not accepted and i give you the example like i'm you know i'm 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 a big basketball fan so here in the U.S., let's say, if LeBron James and the Lakers don't win a championship, they talk two days, ah, LeBron James didn't win the championship, the Lakers didn't win the championship. Okay, the third day, LeBron James and the Lakers are training stronger to try to win the next championship. And, and that's the same, you know, I always give the example, Michael Phelps, you know, lost the Olympics in 2012. He, from, you know, Leclerc, there was a young kid, then... Yeah, there was a little criticism. Then he got a little problems, you know, personal problems, etc. Yes, but then Michael Phelps went back to train. Michael Phelps want to, you know, 
make up for what he didn't do in 2012, boom, 2016, he became Olympic champion. So again, they, they really teaches you since you're a kid how to learn how to lose and how to accept the process before actually be able to win. In my ex personal experience, when I was younger, it was totally the opposite. You could not lose. If you were losing, it was a big, a big disappointment. Like, you know, so it was somehow even better not even trying to win because you were afraid to lose. I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, you are very right. I mean, in 2009, when I came to train to US in your team, my first impression was how much more positive, motivating and uh, supportive people are. It doesn't matter if it were swimmers, guys from American football in the gym lifting two times more weight than me, or just random people in the streets. I mean, it was an amazing team spirit and environment to achieve the goals you want to. So uh, let me ask you another question. What was your favorite event as a swimmer? All right, you know, this is a good, this is a good question. And, and it's good that you say as a swimmer, because sometimes they ask me now, what's your favorite event? And so I, I answer, you know, backwards. So as a coach, I would like to say, I don't have a favorite event. I just like fast swimming. So I don't, you know, I don't put any preferences. As a swimmer, you know, I, I always, I was always good in butterfly. I could say my biggest love was the 200 butterfly. Mm -hmm. uh, can I say if it was my favorite event? Now you make me think because, you know, it might be that because I was good at it. That's why I, I was doing it. Maybe it was not my favorite event. So it's something I, you know, it's a good question because I, you know, I, I could tell you 200 fly, but then I don't know if it was my favorite, but I was good at it. You know, like, yeah. so it's a, it's a good point. With it. And as a, as a spectator, what do you, what, what event do you like to watch at Olympics, Again, for example? I, I love all sports, not just swimming. I can watch, I don't know, you know, Tennis table and stay, you know, weightlifting is not just swimming. Uh, big sport person, but again, I I don't really have a favorite event. I personally qualified, you know, a swimmer from El Salvador uh, in the Olympics in Rio 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, that mm -hmm. he somehow was the first big results we got uh in terms of a team and he qualified in the mile so in the 1500 and i promise you uh i do not encourage no one to actually focus on the on the mile it's beautiful to to, to coach the mile but for 15 minutes having the heart pumping at you know 200 heart <laughs> so being nervous for 15 minutes as a coach, it's amazing, but if you finish the race, they're probably tired, more tired than the swimmer. So if you do a 50, it's just a little 20 <laughs> seconds uh, feeling. No, I'm just joking. You know, like, I, I, I enjoy everything, you know. But what I saw, yeah, coaching, coaching-wise, I believe, I discovered that, you know, coaching is a lot about, again, being able to, like we, we say, I always say that coaches, we are artists somehow. You know, we don't paint, but at the same time, in, like a paint, like uh, we don't do a sculpture, but like we we do an art. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, as I said before, there are four strokes, there are a few technique uh, aspects, but at the end of the day, we, we work with people and we need to be able to identify what the best, again, color to make the different, you know, in, in, 
in each athlete. So I realized that again, middle distance uh, was something that I really enjoyed. I'm enjoying coaching, but I always say we we had very good results in with sprinters, uh, with uh, IMers, with strokers. So it's if you focus, in my opinion, just one thing, yes, you you could specialize in something. There are many great coaches who who are able to do that. I still think that you know you you need to probably be able to take out the best out of your athletes possible. You know, it doesn't really matter the the event mm. that, that you're coaching. So, but to watch anything, you know, I, I love sports. So not even swimming. I love I love to watch anything. Yeah. You will not believe, but in my first ever blog post, I think it was back in 2005 or six, I compared a swim coach to a painter who has a blank canvas in the beginning, the same as a coach has young swimmer. He has to create the perfect mixture of colors and techniques to create a great masterpiece, the great swimmer. Uh, do you believe uh, it is? Do you believe the coaching is more of an art or more of a science? It's a good question and interesting that we we think the same way. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, I really believe that it's more about the art because again, of course, you need to know the science, and that's something I always like to say this way. You know, it's it. I always do the example with doctors. So, you know, there are mm. amazing doctors and. But there are also, you know, doctors and, and again, science people that they have so many diplomas, they study so much, then they have so much knowledge, etc. on the paper. Then when they give them, you know, the tool to cut the chest of somebody who needs to do a open heart surgery, they their hand shakes and they're not actually able to save their life. So I always compare the same. Maybe it's a little bit too strong as a comparison, but somehow swimming coaches... It's similar, yes. You need to have the science. You need to know the theory. You need to know again. You need to know how to prepare a season, to how to write a practice, how to do a planification, absolutely. But then, if you're not actually able to put all this together, uh, as you know, based on what type of swimmer or athlete you have in front of you, again, all those diplomas and knowledge maybe will not be that effective as just having the art to. Being able to apply the theory into the practical world—that's my personal perspective. So you need both, absolutely, science and art. But the dominant, absolutely, is the art. I consider swimming coaches artists, no scientists. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your club. Uh, you, as a head coach of Azura Aquatics Club. Uh, you oversee the elite team with swimmers from different nationalities. Uh, so do you try to approach every swimmer individually? Yeah, we we had all levels. Uh, we, again, we have like uh, elite swimmers, absolutely. Uh, we have many swimmers that are here now, even under the FINA developmental program. We started this two years ago, uh, where they are, you know, FINA send them to, to us and you know, we we try to develop them the best way possible. So they are some of the best swimmers in, in all the best swimmers in their countries. I really I really believe that another key point on being a swimming coach is to be able to in, do like a individual individualization, if you can say that. So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely you need to have a 
general plan. Absolutely, you need to you know have a general uh, planification. But the key again is to be able to divide and and make it more individual. And it's hard, but like believe me, some there are some times during the season that we that I write I write three pages of practices and then I go to practice at three pages because again it's interesting we have swimmers from many different countries so when they need to go to their taper mm-hmm. meet or their main meet you know can be very close to each other but like one is I don't know uh, one week before one is one week later one is two weeks later so we need to be able to do that individualization and I see that that's working very well it's a uh, Somehow you need to, as I was telling at the beginning, you need to put the eye on the side and understand that many times, you know, many times I've been asked, you know, why don't you prepare the, the swimmer 100% to local competition or, you know, team competitions mm-hmm. where Azura could win as a team, etc. And I always say, yes, because, I mean, it's great. and But at the end of the day, maybe I do it for myself. You know, like I don't really... I kind of use my swimmers uh, for a personal satisfaction, you know, and that's wrong. I should focus on making them being ready when the main event of the season is. And so many times I somehow sacrifice uh, some com- local competitions to actually prepare a kid from different countries and make them going fast in their their countries because I, I get more satisfaction to see them representing their countries and be able to, you know, travel and, 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 and make their countries proud than actually have the team here locally try to win to attract more swimmers locally, etc. It's not about it's not about that. So I think that individualization is, mm-hmm. is another key point. In terms of uh, mental aspects, uh, you know, we are, we don't really have any psychologies. We don't, you know, we 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 coaches become somehow a multitask uh, person and we also try to again have you know individual meetings we have uh, small groups meetings we have like uh, moments where we just need to motivate them and send a message when everybody's there so i think again it's important to understand that we don't work with machines but we work with humans and each one is different you know and in a different phase of their careers a different phase the, of their lives so and we coaches are in the same, eh? because that's also another point. It's very hard to always be 100%. But then when we understand that we should keep our personal life on the side, then our job and our results will be even better. It's not easy. But, you know, I always say, that if I work on a computer, I just shut down the computer if I'm angry or if I'm tired. But when, when I motivate kids and I coach kids and swimmers, uh, if I'm angry, the whole practice is going to be angry. If I'm distracted, the whole practice will be distracted. If I'm super happy, the atmosphere will be very happy. So somehow it, look, it looks like a swimming coach is, is an easy job or it's not even a job. Many people, they need to do three, four jobs to, to make a living. But I promise mm. you, it's... it's, it's is way more complicated and fascinating than any any other jobs. Yeah, I believe you. Uh, Gianluca, how do you approach the current situation in the world? How do you think it will change the landscape of a sport of swimming? What I really think, and, and I said since the beginning, like it, and many people are already saying, you know, it, it, the old situation is to become an opportunity. The old situation, you know, 
I know that it's scary. I know that it's something uh, that we never face it. I think it's something that is going to change the history. Uh, but at the same time, again, it's a very, uh, could be a very positive moment if you see in, in I know it's hard to, to say now, but I, in a positive way, because it gives you opportunity uh, to do things or just to reflect about things that maybe you couldn't do before because of the lack of time, lack of, uh, you know, being able to travel, like actually like to, you know, this kind of thing. So, and what I, I would say, what I'm very proud of that my coaches, our coaches and I, we started from the beginning, even before that our pools were, were actually closing, we decided to, to put a pause on the physical team and started like this virtual reality. And doing so, we actually focus again on, on making the swimmers understanding why this is happening and why we do swimming. And the only way now to, to somehow find out what the next could be is to stay motivated and to understand that without a plan, it's hard to stay motivated. Because that's the biggest issue, I think, not only in swimming, in any, in any, in any situation. Like a swimmer go to practice and all sport, all athletes, they go to practice because they have a goal, because they have a plan. Or even people go to work because they have a plan. Or, you know, families, they make plans. Right now, we can all guess plans. I know that there are, you know, let's say here, they already released a tentative schedule for 2021 national level competitions. I know that the Olympics are tentatively scheduled for 2021. Uh, But again, the plan is still uncertain. The only plan that we could have, again, is to stay motivated, not because we have a date of a competition, but to stay motivated because we know that we love what we do so much and that what we do makes us happy. But again, again it, it's something very personal. Again, I, I cannot be arrogant to tell people how they should feel. But in my opinion, you know, we are all in somehow talking about life, we are all in, into a journey, you know, that we started when we were born somehow. And, and each one of us is in a different phase of that journey. You know, even if uh, I'm 37 year old, uh, not necessarily I'm, you know, my age reflects actually the, the actual journey I'm in. You know, like, I don't know if it's too complicated what I'm saying or too deep. So I, I believe that we all, need to respect our own paces. We need to respect the fact that some athletes somehow already said, no, I'm not going to continue. We need to respect the fact that some athletes say, no, I'm not accepting doing virtual training because what I want is swimming uh, in the water. So we just need to respect and, and probably try to make give some stimulus and, and try to support somehow the athletes. We basically do, you know, like everybody else, uh, inland training, online training. Uh, but mm-hmm. I believe it's way more specific to swimming. Like we uh, we created a way how the swimmers are feeling that they're swimming even in land. So that's something very special, and there's something that it's. Uh, mm-hmm. 
And it's not just moving the arms like freestyle or moving the arms like a uh, breaststroke, etc. No, it's like mm-hmm. we we are actually swimming on land. Uh, believe me, it sounds crazy, but it's not. It's it's we we can see from the swimmers that they they keep getting motivated because they feel the same stimulus and pain and goals again that they had before in the water. Now they just report them in land. So it's it's. It's something very special, you know. Like we, we all coaches have been have been working very hard on this, and we, in my opinion, we are creating something something very special. Then, of course, we have already uh, again, like everybody, we have uh, people that they're luckier than other one, and we are lucky because we live in South Florida, so the weather helps, uh, mm-hmm. and many people have pools in their own home. So we mm-hmm. we already started like a month ago already to do. Uh, in water sessions as well with with the small cords, you know, like the short uh, stretch cords. Or believe me, it's amazing. Some some people even have 25 meters pool in their houses, so they are actually training regularly with 25 meter pool. But again, the, the, the different thing is that we are training and connecting people from different countries. So we are we are training. You know, together with, with, with people that come from different countries. That's something very special. And also we created like a system that it's a uh, re- report the um, replace somehow the the meters just, you know, with the cord. So it's it's amazing. Again, we just started one month ago the water program. We started two months ago the land program, but it's something that is really inspiring. Do you train outdoors all year? Yes, it does. here in South Florida we don't have indoor facilities. It's only outdoor facilities, like some gyms they have uh, indoor or small learn to swim programs they have indoor facilities. But here is outdoor, and somehow that's also another amazing reason. You know, you're if you're outdoor, you feel more free. You know, you have more freedom. It's uh, and and then now that we are all inside the house, you realize even more. You know, like for for instance, we like you'd say. I started to run the virtual sessions outside in my backyard now. I, so I'm already to the second phase of not feel comfortable anymore to be inside. Right now, the outside is my backyard. Okay, so somehow, yes, the, the fact that pools are outdoors is already, you never realize, but that gives you even more freedom than, than what you think. So, Do swimmers who train outdoors for most of their lives find it somehow strange to compete indoors? They feel strange, but in reality, they feel it even more motivating, and because it's something new, it's it's you know they're used to. It. So it's mm-hmm. something. Oh wow, yeah, it looks something serious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not that outdoor is not serious, but outdoor is way more relaxing, in my opinion. Uh, so mm-hmm. maybe it's the opposite. Again, they it's not strange. It's actually even more motivating. You know, like. It sounds silly, but yeah, when you go to maybe these big indoor facilities, wow, you feel, wow, you feel like, yeah, swimming is getting serious, you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, every great coach is known for his or her unique approach. Every one of them put something new to the table. So uh, what do you think is your unique coaching proposition? Look, uh, uh This I always hear from my coaches and they teach me that there's not a magic formula and I always like to say I'm you know it doesn't exist a Harry Potter in swimming there's no magic but maybe my unique is again is being me you know like and and not trying to be nobody else it's just to 
you know, learn from the others. And I, I told you at the beginning, I got very good, you know, uh, inspirational coaches through my career as a swimmer and as a young coach. And put all those experiences I gained and I got through my career and make them mine. You know, like I always say, uh, I'm Italian, so it, Italians are famous for pasta. And, you know, the recipe of the pasta la matriciana is the same for everyone. But why uh, the Italian pasta tastes better than other pastas? Because the way we are able to put the ingredients, ingredients together, but not only that, because of the love and the passion you put into cooking that pasta. So, again, probably the unique is, again, being me, trying to not be nobody else, you know. And, again, I have a lot of bad qualities. I do a lot of mistakes every day. But I think uh, being, you know, being me helps me because then I don't try to be nobody else. And some, sometimes, many times, actually, it could give me problems because I'm a little bit too predictable, too transparent, so I don't play the games, you know, and I go very straight to the point. But I, I believe in that doing this is important, not, not, saying, not saying A and then actually meaning B. So that's, that's the key. You are right. Uh, I mean, uh, in Azura, do you train all types of swimmers? I mean, are there sprinters, mid-distance kids, and so on, or do you specialize? No, no, no. We that's another thing that we say. It doesn't exist. Uh, my group, your group, is like it's our team. And I told you somehow we are lucky enough that we always get swimmers from everywhere that are interested in joining our program, and this one doesn't give us the opportunity to just specialize in something because we always need to be ready to take out the best out of all the swimmers who come. So we are any type of, because again, we, uh, in Rio, we qualified a swimmer in the mile and the 400, but also a sprinter that qualified in the 100 free. And uh, now we have mm -hmm. uh, many swimmers who go from being 50 all the way to 200, 400 miles. It's, it's not really, again, it's specializing is important, individualizing is important, yes, but again, it's all about the, the, the mentality you, you put in the kids. That's, that's the way. I have a great mm -hmm. coaching staff with so many different experiences and different stories and motivation that all together we are able to, to take out the best, you know, not really mm -hmm. specializing in, in, in one stroke or one... And, and actually, it's good that you tell me because it's funny because I got an email probably when it was in, this, in the summer uh, of somebody interested, you know, maybe to send their, their swimmer here. But, uh, you know, the email was saying, I heard that you don't really specialize in training IAMR. And to me, that, <laughs> that question was a little bit kind of not that relevant in the term of, you know, giving me a lack of confidence is the opposite. It made me think that sometimes we, we give us limitations based on what other people think or maybe what other people uh, have opinion of. And sometimes we just limit ourselves doing this because, like we said before, it's, it's not about uh thinking that you are good or not good in something it's about believing in the process believing in the program so my question was why you send me an email 
asking about the program and be interested once you already got the answer saying, but I know that your program is not going to work for me. He ended up not coming. So, and doesn't matter. That's, that's what I learned here in the U.S. as well. You know, when I was in Italy, it was so hard to accept that a swimmer could leave your club, especially because somehow you start their relationship coach and swimmer kind of like, you know, uh, there is this relationship from when you, you make the kid grow and then when he becomes older, he goes to find different stimulus and goes to different clubs to, again, to try to improve, not just because he is not happy with you anymore, but, you know, because it comes a time where... Uh, you as a coach who develop like an age group, etc., you're not able anymore to give to the swimmer what he's looking for. And if, and then we become jealous, we become unrational, and we think about ourselves, not about the good of the kid. In USA, I saw the opposite. You know, like a swimmer comes, a swimmer goes. You know, there's not that jealousy on, you know, uh, if somebody's leaving my program. No, actually, it means that my program is not fitting for him anymore. So I wish him the best. If I do the opposite again, I'm 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 selfish. I think about myself. I'm afraid. I'm I'm lack of confidence because somebody left my team. That's that's another difference I saw. No, here and, and it's not only about because swimming somehow in the US, U.S. is business. It is, but it's not. Because again, we still develop mm -hmm. humans. We still develop uh, characters. Okay, it's just that it's, it's in a term. It's in a term that there's not uh, that uh, relationship that becomes so uh, how do you say so uh, personal in terms that yeah, I help you grow, uh, and then when it's time that you need to give me back something, you don't want to give me back, and you go somewhere else. And again. Why? Because we, many times we do things expecting other people to give us something back. And I, and I learned during the years, eh? I've done these mistakes many times. But I'm, I'm realizing that if you do something expecting something back, it's not going to work. You're going to suffer because you cannot do things because you're expecting something back. You just do it because you want to do it. You just do it because you feel good doing it. And you cannot really control mm -hmm. what the other people are going to decide to do. So. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that uh, you truly love what you are doing. So uh, tell us, what is your most memorable race as a coach? It's a, it's a hard question. I, I have many. But yeah, for sure, when, you know, if I need to mention the name, yes, when the, the kid from El Salvador, Marcelo Costa, qualified for the Olympics mm -hmm. uh, back in March 2016 in the mile in Orlando, the... TYR a Pro Swing Series or Grand Prix, I don't even remember what the name was. That was probably the, the, mm -hmm. the most emotional one because, you know, my dream was to to go to the Olympics and and mm -hmm. I saw my dream coming through. And in reality, again, it was not only my dream, it was the dream of many people because it was not only my dream, it was his dream, his family dreams, uh, his country dream was the first time that somebody from his country Uh, qualified for the Olympic with the with the A cut. So again, it's it, that's probably the most memorable, like in terms of, of feelings, in terms of big satisfaction, because it was somehow not really the the end of the journey, but was somehow maybe the beginning of the journey. Because sometimes we always think about that the the focus is to get to the result. And like you know, remember the the T-shirts we had in David Adoras was you know success is a journey, not a destination. It's, And that's somehow what it is, understanding that it's it's not about achieving something, but like the journey you do 
to actually achieve that. So somehow that was not the end of it, it was the, the beginning of the journey. So yeah, that probably was the most memorable right now as an instinct. But then I have many, many, many more. So uh, how was the whole Olympic experience in Rio? Look, uh, I remember when, you know, when I was a kid, like I think like many athletes and sport people, they always look at the Olymp- watch the Olympics on TV. So once I actually realized and I arrived at the village, I was like, in, I, I don't know how to describe, it was such a happy feeling that, you know, something that you always wanted was, was actually happening, uh, was probably one of the best feelings, you know, like uh, that I could ever have, you know, like, and then I, I, I always describe Olympics as the biggest uh, sport party in the world, you know, because it's not just a competition. You know, when I when I speak to athletes or I do, you know, clinics, etc., I always make the question, "What's the Olympics?" And you know, some people respond, "It's a competition, it's a big event." No, I, I describe it as a, the biggest sport party because you know, when when you go party, you go to to have fun. You go because you it's a good feeling, and and it's incredible how you see so many different cultures like you have like people from everywhere athletes from everywhere uh different conditioning different you know tall or, or, or short uh, etc strong or, or not strong etc but you see the same smile on the face of the people it can be the dirigent can be the doctor can be the coach can be the athlete can be the psychology can be the even the volunteer who's helping the athletes that happy face mm-hmm. it's something that you know it transmits you so much Uh, happiness and, and pride of, of being there because you see, wow, I I achieved this, you know, because even small countries or athletes who, you know, they have a lot of, you know, not uh, big structures in their realities. When they get to the Olympics, they realize how hard it was to get there because it means, you know, you were the best of your country in what you do. So it's it, it was really like a very, very big, happy experience you know of course uh, something that you dream for your life and, and and once you achieve it you know you you feel it wow it, it is possible so it goes with what we said before you know like uh, until you don't see somebody else doing it then you don't realize that actually it's possible so do you find it uh, difficult to focus on your event at olympic games when there's a big party going on i mean, I, again, I don't have the right answer because I think everyone uh, has a different approach and, again, goals when it goes over there. I saw many athletes being just satisfied to be there and participate. I've seen even top athletes not performing because maybe the pressure or maybe, like you just said, because it was more about the happiness to be there than actually caring or, or putting the effort to actually go and win. I don't know. I, I, I cannot really talk for for other people. But in my opinion, it, it all depends about the, the, the goal you have. Again, it's about, it depends on the focus and in, in what moment of your journey you get over there. You know, that's why I see many top athletes you know, that you can think, but how they want more because, you know, they went to three Olympics and they tried to go to the fourth. They went to the fourth mm-hmm. and some magics, you know, like very top uh, athletes even tried to get to the fifth and it's something impossible. You even think, how is it possible? Because again, it, it's, it, it's a good feeling or maybe they were not 
enough satisfied from one and they want, you know, more because probably they are growing. They continue growing. Again, I have a mentality that I don't like to go to take pictures or to put stamps in my passport traveling just for traveling. Uh, so I always tell my swimmers that we go to compete. Even if we don't fight for, you know, a final or semifinal, but we go to compete. So I always want them to be, you know, focus and, and honor the, the, the moment and honor the competition. Like, you know, it doesn't exist. Uh, uh, even if they tell you that you come from a small reality, it doesn't matter. You are at the Olympics. You need to give it 100%. And that's what happened somehow to our swimmer from El Salvador. You know, he was in, in lane one. Uh, in the heat of the 400 freestyle and boom he went to win the heat and you know mm-hmm. again he finished 22nd that for many people 22nd is absolutely nothing but we we went to the olympics to compete well uh give us some real behind the scenes insights into the olympic race day experience i mean uh the feeling uh, we 400 freestyle was the first day and Again, he was in lane one. He, you know, Marcelo is somebody who's really, has always been very competitive, very passionate. And uh, sometimes you even he, you, you even need to keep him, you know, relaxed because he wants to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes when you want too much, things don't come out the way you want it. Mm-hmm. But I knew he was so ready and we were ready we were very focused both because that's another thing I, I i saw in these few years i've been coaching that the best competitions uh, i had as a coach is when i'm 100 focused and many times we don't realize as coaches but like our swimmers really depend on how we are and if we are really into the meet if we are really focused into the meet the performance is amazing if we are distracted if we focus more on Again, personal things, or if we even are afraid, if we are not confident, because that happened, you know, it happened to me many times to go to big competitions and not being confident as a coach. And the competition doesn't go well. So that's, I believe Rio was, we we were very confident. And, and again, I remember like, like now, like yesterday, you know, I was over there sitting in the stands Uh, was a hit for 100 free and you know was in Brazil and Brazil is very f- famous for you know the Torcida no? for uh, all the supporters being very loud uh, the stadium was like 19,000 people and there was a Brazilian in the heat of Marcelo and lane four and mm-hmm. for the first 350 the Brazilian was first and and this the stadium was super loud like you know it was the first day of the Olympics was Uh, one of the first races, I believe, the first race of the of the program or the second, the Brazilian was winning the heat. You know, and at the 350, boom, Marcelo turned first. Last 50, start kicking, and boom, that he won the heat. And so the whole stadium silence, and there was like a this Italian random guy with a Salvador T-shirt in the stand of the coaches and screaming and, and happy and crying and everything. And, And we swam a time that at the moment was uh, the best uh, Latin America time. Not only South America, Central America, like, you know, it was like the best 400 free in the history of all Latin America, Central America, Caribbean and and South America. So even if, you know, doesn't mean much for many people, it finished 22nd, but I think it was a big, 
a big achievement because we show that even small countries that they never appear on the, the swimming world map actually exist, you know, like, and, and they can be good. So that's, that's, if you want to, you can do something. With all the attention that is connected to world-class level or grade level comes also great pressure. So do you consider mental health or mental training as an important part of a sport? No, absolutely. I mean, mental is, is everything. You know, we, I'm not the one saying this, you know, uh, but the brain and the, 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 you know, 70% depends on the, on the mind. You know, the body can, can do that much. You know, you can have the perfect body, the perfect conditioning, but then if the mind, the mind is that moment doesn't work, it doesn't work. Remember Olympic 2008, four by one uh, free, uh, freestyle relay, USA, USA versus France. Uh, Alain Bernard, you know, the favorite, you know, the, 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 the monster at that moment. He was two meters ahead of G Jason Lizak. 33, 34-year-old, I don't remember, I don't want to say something wrong. And he lost, something that was impossible. So uh, the mind, it's, it's a lot. And then at the same time, in the same Olympics, Bernard, a few days later, won the 100 free individually. So that shows even another mental step that, you know, you could be destroyed by losing uh, the first day. No, in reality, he was able to step step up. So again... And and that somehow in, in in our small reality that's somehow is good that I call this because that's what happened to Marcelo when we when we qualified for the Olympics in 2016 because you know we were so anxious to qualify that in that competition March 2016 uh, we were ready to qualify in the 400 free on Saturday. He just needed to drop 0.6 from his best time. His best time was 351.1. He needed to swim 350.4, 350.5. He swam 356 in the morning. And we were completely, mm -hmm. like, I was completely destroyed. I was, I mean, I even brought my family, my wife, my kid, my mom to watch that competition because I was so sure that he was going to qualify. And we swam 356. Then in final, we swam 359. Imagine, like, was it was, like, the old plan we had was destroyed. But then what happened? I yelled at him like never before. And then he at night started crying like I never saw him crying. So both of us released the, somehow the pressures we had during the whole month of the preparation. And that's when I realized, hey, maybe we just needed a, you know, to, to release all these tensions, all this pressure. And the following day, boom, we qualified in the, in the mile. One mm -hmm. day to the other one, things changed. And somehow, again, this is a small example, but Bernard in the Olympics of 2008 is the same. You know, first day he got destroyed, losing, you know, world, the whole world was looking. France was ready to, to make the history and he lost. Then three, four days later, he won. So this is also something that I always try to tell my athletes, our athletes. It's, it's do not think that because one day doesn't go well, the following day cannot be special you know like it, it's up to you and many many swimmers you know they start the competition on day one they don't swim well and they just throw the competition in the garbage instead of understanding that mm -hmm. every day is different and we mentally have that power to 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 change the game so you are completely right uh who has been the most inspirational person in your life uh, in your journey okay i mean this is a tough questions Tough question. Uh, I believe I had 
in different phases of my life, I have different inspiration of people. That's what I would answer to you. Because, you know, if we go probably starting from now, uh, I believe as many of us, uh, we didn't realize, as I told you, I'm a basketball fan, so I believe Kobe Bryant. Uh, I've been looking at some of some motivational speeches he had, etc. And I know that, you know, it looks like everything looks like the movie somehow. Like he, he passed away right before the whole pandemic situation started. And somehow he, with his loss, we were able to actually get those messages from him that everybody started putting together into videos, et cetera, that we might not have received. And somehow, it, really, there are a few videos that looks like he is talking about what's happening mm -hmm. now. So, uh, if I can tell you inspirational now, the most recent is, is Kobe Bryant. Then, again, you go uh, behind, uh, I'm probably thinking, uh, as a coach, I honestly, I have many coaches I've been working with that really inspire me. Uh, I don't want to say one because really all the coaches when when I was a, a swimmer were very inspiring for me. The most inspiring athlete was uh, Domenico Fioravanti, uh, who was the first Italian gold medal in the history of the Olympics, and he won in Sydney. Um, and I remember I was watching on TV, and this, you know, started making me even dream. I remember I wrote somewhere, I, I cannot find it because it was in an old computer. I wrote like kind of an essay and, and something writing that one day I was, I would go to the Olympics too. And of course, when you're a swimmer, you think about as an athlete and then, you know, you realize 16 years later, I, I reach it as, as a coach. And again, still going to the Olympics is, it doesn't matter if it's as an athlete, as a coach or as a doctor or as a dirigent, you made it. So that was my inspiration as a, as a swimmer, but also maybe another one, not that famous, but very important, Emiliano Brembilla, uh, who, you know, Europeans, they know him very well. He, he never got a medal in the Olympics, but he was European champions. He was fourth at the Olympics for 1-100, if I'm not wrong. And I called my second son, Emiliano, in honor of this of this swimmer because I'm, I had the honor also to meet him in person and he represented the, you know, being humble. It's very, the humility. You know, somebody that really never wanted to be seen or appear, always very, very calm and, and that was really, always inspired me, you know, that nowadays or even before, we, it was all about showing off and, and being popular. And this swimmer really showed me the opposite. They can still be successful be, without the need of being popular, you know, etc. And then, of course, if you go even behind, uh, like probably like uh, a lot of us, you know, when I was a kid, my father, you know, like my father, like I think many of us uh, see our father as uh, an inspiration. You know, he left uh, when I was nine, so was not really something, you know, it was not a, the best experience, you know, growing without somehow the presence of a father, but I, I still believe that he was a big influence for me through my whole childhood and still now, even if, you know, 
we are old. You know? Yeah, I remember one quote from Kobe Bryant that says, uh, you know, things are never perfect, but through love you can continue to persevere. And I think that this is what you were talking about today. And I believe that uh, you cannot do this sport for a longer time unless you love it, unless you truly love it. When I started uh, this swim venue project, my initial idea was to show people the most beautiful swimming venues in the world. What is your favorite training pool? What is your favorite competition pool? And I, I was lucky that I swam one year in, uh, in Rome, in the club uh, Circolo Canotirianiene. And we, especially during the summer, we were training some days at the Fort Italico. And there was the pool where we always did also our junior nationals and, you know, the Seven Hills Trophy, etc. Then I, I was, again, lucky uh, that I went to World Championship as a coach of Paraguay in 2009. That was somehow my biggest, my first biggest, big competition as a coach. And that pool, I mean, <laughs> I'm happy because I'm Italian, but I know that a lot of people think the same. It's, it's magic. Like, it's, it's the whole environment, the way it's built, where it's built. It gives you really that sense of, of power, the sense of uh, really, that's why we do swimming, you know, like, so, and again, I trained over there for, for a year, so I believe that, you know, both training and competition, mm -hmm. I, I was lucky again enough to be able to train over there, so I would say that the same pool, you know. And I remember when you go from the locker rooms to actually the actual mm -hmm. pool, like you need to pass through this tunnel, and you see the light at the end of the tunnel mm -hmm. and imagine really you are like you said a superhero like you're in a movie star or whatever that you feel the rocky yeah. music on your head you walk and you see the light and getting closer getting closer getting closer and boom you, you go out and you are in the pool you feel like you want to destroy the world you know like, you <laughs> like want the gladiator to, absolutely and that's I think the, the Rome championship of 2009 was the was the last championship or maybe last competition with the full body suits, right? Yeah, that was like uh, the fastest competition ever. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Every, not even every final, like uh, many, like every heat they were breaking yeah. world records. <laughs> every <laughs> now they. They should have a European Championship if everything everything goes well in 2022 over there. Yeah, Gianluca, what are your future goals? Do you see yourself involved in swimming, in coaching? I mean, again, this is we said before. Future right now, it's it's uncertain. Uh, but of course, we need you know to have plans, like I said before. Uh, to be honest, uh, I see myself in swimming in terms of you know continuing passing the passion for swimming to. To next generations and next and, and next uh, you know swimmers and uh, as a coach absolutely I I love coaching uh, but again as I said I will really love to being involved in terms of uh, continuing motivating and, and, and inspiring uh, people that do swimming, people that, you know, they, they love and probably help them even understanding why they love swimming and to, to grow their love because, again, swimming gave me so much and, and I, I believe right now, especially during this uh, lockdown, I've been realizing that uh, 
I need to give back to swimming and not just to say, you know, not just for saying it. It's, I realized that I am what I am thanks to swimming. You know, I am where I am thanks to swimming. I, I, I met the mom of my kids thanks to swimming. I, you know, I would be selfish to say that I would keep all these feelings just for myself. So I, again, I, I, I cannot say how, what the future will be, but for sure I want to, to continue inspiring kids and, 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 and the swimming community to, to continue loving swimming, especially now that it's so difficult. I was reading an article that 64%, uh, at least in Italy, 64% of uh, swimmers are, are not swimming somehow in terms of, you know, swimming has been the, the, the most impacted sport because of the whole situation. And I believe we need to continue motivating people to not let our sport disappear because it's not going to disappear. True. Uh, there's so much more we could talk about on your career and we cannot cover everything today. So let me ask you one more question. In your career, you had the chance to visit many countries all around the world. Uh, so what is your favorite place or what is your dream destination? Uh, have you had a chance to also explore the country or was it always just the swimming pool and the hotel? Uh, depending on the trips. Many times it was just pools and hotels. But most of the times uh, I was able to visit the country. I always had a chance to meet people that really took care of me when I was traveling. And they actually... The, the most amazing thing, and maybe we don't realize, is that to see how proud people are to show somebody that comes from a different culture, a different place, to show their actual culture, their actual country. They feel so proud to take you around. And, 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 and you realize that maybe we don't necessarily give enough importance to actual things that for other people are important and 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 this is amazing like i've been you know in some very interesting countries like i've been one of the best trips i've done is in the maldives and mm. and i went to give a clinic over there and you know at the beginning wrongly i thought about the maldives you know as a dream place as a paradise with all the resort etc but in reality i uh, the clinic was in the southest island of the the, the maldives mm -hmm where local people live. Most of them are fishermen. The roads, most of the roads don't even have a, it's not even a road, it's just, you know, ground. And, and they were so, like the people who welcomed me over there, they were so happy and so proud to have somebody going there to visit and to, to share their daily life that I felt so good, you know, just going fishing, You know, I never thought that, you know, they took me fishing like at three in the morning. And I never thought that something simple like fishing could give you such a satisfaction. And it's not just because you actually get in there, you know, to catch fishes. No, to see that, you know, we, we think about so many, you know, material stuff and having the best cars, the best computer, the best phone, the best house, whatever. And again, I see people that they have nothing compared to what, you know, our society has, but they were so happy to be able to go on a small boat in the middle of the night with somebody coming from far and sharing the fishing moment 
that made me realize again that it's not only about you know the the, the material is not only about the 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 the, the, the power is not only about what you have because many people don't have much but they probably are richer than than many that think to be rich you know so that's basically my 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 joy to travel you know like and and maybe a curiosity and you know many times with my wife we always she makes fun of me because when i go to countries i always ask the people that are taking care of me to go visit somehow the less safe or like you know the the low the low level uh, areas of the city because that's the i think that's the best way to to feel the country that's the best way to see how why a country is a country and and even to realize how lucky mm-hmm. we are what what we have so it's easy to go to shopping centers, it's easy to go to nice hotels, but I always like to go to, you know, to, to, to the real, the, to the real mm. experience. That's, that's me again. That's maybe I'm, I'm, I'm wrong, maybe. So yeah. And, and my, my, my dream destination, my favorite destination. Now, of course, uh, Italy, we go on vacation twice a year, most of the time. And, and of course, Italy is the, somehow is the, the, the dreams am I the final destination where I see myself mm-hmm. uh, right now I don't know if it's right now I don't think I don't see that as in a in a, in a media future but of course uh, I will uh, I see myself as you know the journey needs to finish where where it started yeah that's beautiful okay so uh, Gianluca thank you very much for a great conversation I appreciate your time uh wishing you and your beautiful family all the best uh, for the new challenges and stay safe thank you very much bye bye thank you matus thank you very much for having me thank you for listening to the swim venue podcast if you love the episode please leave a review on your favorite platform and feel free to message me anytime have a great day